Hello friends, I'm Steph. And I'm T. And you are listening to OPA TV Afterlife. A 10-part mini-series where we document our journeys from preparing to leave the USA to finding our seat back home. It's going to be something very special, so make sure you are following us on social media at OPA T for all the updates. Hi guys, and welcome back to OPA TV Afterlife episode 3. Hi Steph. Hello T. Hi everyone, welcome back. Welcome, welcome back. Um, on episode three already. Oh my gosh, where is this time going? It's kind of scary though because we know the timeline of this this podcast series, and so I feel yeah. like after every episode, I'm like, we're one step closer to who knows what. Yeah. So first of all, before we start, we just both want to apologize for this episode going up late. We had technical difficulties with the recording we actually recorded this so in advance it was like 10 days before I even left the USA we thought we were so clever I know and we were so prepared and then I went to edit the the recording and the yeah the recording was botched and then I left the US so we just needed to fit in a time to be able to re-record so but we're doing it now (laughs) here we go better late than never guys yeah so uh, this episode is very exciting Mm-hmm. This, uh, we feel like this is an episode that can help, you know, many people, not just au pairs. So, if you know anybody that might need this episode, send it along. But yeah. basically, uh, it's a career prep episode. Um, yeah, we thought it would be a really good idea to talk a little bit about preparing to go into a career if that's what you choose to do. Um, everything, yeah, from like interviewing, CVs, cover letters, preparing for a job, finding a job when you're still in the USA, stuff like that. Yeah, and I think when we were talking about episode ideas for this mini series, we we were like, well, we're both kind of when we first started sketching out this mini series, we we were both like, what are we doing? Are we getting jobs? What's going on? Like, how do we use our skills as au pairs to go into the the real world, as it were, rather than this nice little crazy bubble we're in? And so I think that's where the idea came from. But like like Steph just said, it's so like. It's so transferable, not just for au pairs, but it's good to see where au pairs can pick the skills out of the job that they've done and put it into a CV or a resume and kind of make it transfer across jobs. So um, I think we're incredibly lucky to have had Steph's host mom come and give us a lot of information. We sent her like 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 a Google Doc with lots of questions and things about it. And some of it we wanted to know personally because at the time we were writing our own resumes and we were kind of getting ready for jobs but some of them we we were kind of like we don't know the answers to these and I'm so glad that Ange did it because she gave us a lot of details she really gave us her time and also like this is stuff that they don't really teach us in school at least not in England so thank you Ange we really appreciate you yeah she is a career counsellor at a university so she spends every day (laughs) helping people who are starting up in their career get into get into the functioning adult life oh <laughs> getting them up to date helping transfer their skills and qualifications like you said so it's we were really lucky that we had the, this kind of information from a professional point of view to be able to give you a very informative episode and we're also going to be talking about our experiences what we did when we were preparing to get a job um and everything as well so I mean teed an interview at 6am <laughs> So, yeah. dedication, guys, and that's what got me the job. <laughs> all you need is dedication. That's yeah. all you have to do is interview at a hotel at six a.m. while you're on vacation, and you will get the job. Yeah, it just shows that you are willing to do whatever it takes for that company. Oh but my yeah, god, it's definitely, it's definitely a, um, 
a thing uh looking for a job in a different country than the, the country you're applying for the job but yeah yeah we are very excited for this we episode. are and I think we've done well considering as well because a lot of people are like wait how have you got a job when you're not in the country and how far in advance have you looked and we do we will be talking about that in the episode so yeah um make sure you make sure you keep listening but yeah I think Steph and I just want to say thank you to everyone that is continuing to listen to our mini series and our podcast like even though we're basically you know Steph's finished her journey and I'm finishing my journey and we're kind of at crossroads as it were but we're okay <laughs> aren't we Steph we're all right we're- Surprising. <laughs> we're, we're not surviving. <laughs> we have so many fun episodes coming up. But yeah, career prepping. But anyway, before, so, before we get onto the interview process, you yeah, have let's to search for a job first. Search for your job first. So the first category is job searching. Where do you even find a job these days? Where do you? There, it's, there's a lot of places you could search for a job. So the first question we asked my host mum was, what are some good job searching websites? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are many. There are many. Indeed. So, first one is a very popular one, I think. I used this back in England and I used it here as well, and that is Indeed. Um, and I hope my host mom actually put in brackets that how many countries these platforms are available in. And Indeed is available in 60 different countries. So, it's, mm. it's a popular one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, basically, the it just advertises jobs. In, in your local area and you can apply straight through this yeah it's good because you can um you can like write keywords like the type of job and also like the time like if you want to be permanent contract full-time part-time temporary and then mm-hmm. so you can apply that with the type of job you're looking for so I put like full-time I wasn't sure I wanted to be a student recruitment officer it didn't even come into my head so I kind of just put like full-time and then I kind of put some general words in to see what was coming up in my area and then I put mm-hmm. in my home location and I kind of drew it down so like within a 25 mile radius just to kind of see um and sometimes like you can apply straight through Indeed which you can most of the time and sometimes it takes you directly to the employer's website which is also yeah. good um and Indeed is I think Indeed is one of the most like well-known platforms and so you know it's I definitely think so. There's a lot of people using it as well, and you can upload your CV. Sometimes you can just upload your CV via the website, and then you're done. You know, you don't even have to. Do yeah, that's most right. Of the time. Yeah, um, I remember it was the one that, like, when I was in the UK, it was the first job searching platform I was introduced to. Like when I was at college, and I went to see, um, you know, the Reed people who who would help you. Yeah. You know, yeah they they suggested Indeed, so okay. that was where I first came into contact with that one. So I think yeah. it's definitely a popular one yeah and so the next one is i've heard of this and stuff i don't think you'd heard of it before i haven't no um but it's it's bigger than, well it's more it's available in more countries than indeed i don't know if it's more well known but it's called Glassdoor, and it's very much the same like i mean most of these job sites work the exact same way but this one is available in 190 countries you know and there's again it depends on sometimes it's a little bit more difficult because you know it might be available in the u.s but not in brazil or spain or england so mm-hmm. But Indeed is definitely one that's very global, and so is Glassdoor. The next one, Monster. I've never heard of it. Never heard of that. No. I wonder why it's called Monster. (laughs) That kind of scares me a little bit. Yeah. Um, This one says it's uh, it's available in forty plus countries. Um, But yeah, I've never I've never heard of that one. Yeah. Have to check that one out. 
but it, it is good because I did have a little look at them and they do have little subsections about like if you are like about to graduate then you can you get there's like a special section for you guys you can get like a free assessment of your resume you can search for entry-level jobs um, there's also a bunch of resources like how there's even a thing that says how to start looking for a job and oh, examples good. of CVs a hundred preparation questions for interviews so I like that like they seem mm-hmm. very like they seem very big on like advice and giving you know resources so I can't I love that rather than just hey we're just another job search website like they actually give you very practical information yeah and the next one again also haven't heard of this one but again this looks like it's a smaller um a smaller platform it's called career builder this one is available in the US Canada Europe and Asia so it's a very small kind of not so worldwide as the other ones Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I've never heard of this one either. So it's good that we're getting some we're getting some new platforms here. Yes, never heard of. The next one is Upwork, and Upwork is a little bit different than general job searching because it's more for freelancers. So mm. um, you can hire people just for, if you just need to. I don't know, hire a graphic designer for a couple of weeks for one project. This is where you would go. Um, or if you need somebody for a little bit longer, it's pe- it's for independent talent, really, rather than just kind of general, yeah. you know, so if you need help with translations or, you know, it's very admin and very ad hockey. And you can look at people and you can see their profiles. They have five star ratings like out of five and how much they charge per hour as well. Um, yeah. And kind of like LinkedIn, they have little sections where you can write like the skills that they have so you can very quickly have a look. Um, but you can post a job for free and, you know, proposals will come to you. And it's very good to, I think they even help you with the invoices as well. So I like yeah. that one that it's very much like, oh, you know, I don't need someone full time. I just need someone to help me with this project or I just need to hire yeah. someone freelance. Yeah. So if you're a freelance type of person and that's the kind of job you have, like a lot of digital marketing type of people as well. Um, yeah. Then this is probably the place for you guys. Yeah. And I think that's becoming more popular in recent years as well as is yeah. freelance work and kind of self-employment and stuff. Yeah. I think there's um, another one. Sorry. I think there's another on one of the other websites. The section you can search is work from home. If that was, if you're, yes. you know, especially with COVID, I think that's where it's come from. So yeah. that's also another thing to for consider, sure. like what type of environment you want to work in. Like I personally want to work outside of my home I want to be in the workspace just for myself personally because yeah. I think it's easier to you know keep things separate um but some people want to do it hybrid some people want to be completely at home and that's totally fine I know yeah. Steph you're going to be a little bit hybrid won't you I'm Especially hybrid, the beginning. Yeah. yeah I'm hybrid so I do three days in the office two days work from home so mm-hmm. fun, yeah. Fun, fun. yeah yeah and I think a lot of workplaces are doing that now yeah. Um, I think most places are going for the hybrid kind of work if it's possible and with the job so mm-hmm. yeah and the last job searching website I think is one of the most popular again one, another well-known one and that's LinkedIn me and T oh. are very big fans of LinkedIn <laughs> add us on LinkedIn join my network come. yeah come and uh, connect with us on LinkedIn um, Facebook for pro- Facebook it's Facebook for professionals right yeah yeah I literally I I've said this before but I, I scroll through it like it's social media it's very much fun and it's it's cool to see people like progressing in their careers and being oh. able to connect with people on a professional level I find it very fun um, I love it. yeah so I, I we we made a LinkedIn um when we started searching for jobs back home um and it was very helpful very mm-hmm. helpful indeed I I applied for a lot of jobs through LinkedIn while I was job searching mm-hmm. and we've said that like 
it's not very popular in the UK because I had never heard of it until I came over here. Really? But huh. yeah, but my hostman put a fun fact here and said that LinkedIn mm. have announced that they now have 10 million users in Great Britain. Wow. Um, so four out of five British professionals are now LinkedIn members, and UK is currently LinkedIn's third largest market. Lovely. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. I think like as you get like a little bit older and you start getting into like a professional career, you kind of realize, I think you get a taste of it as au pairs, but you kind of realize how much you can get from networking with people. Like word of mouth goes a hell of a long way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really does. And honestly, I remember my neighbor, he is, he's, you know, he's obviously a professional. And he, I remember he said to me before, it's not about who you know, it's about who you know knows. Like who does your neighbor know? Who does your mm-hmm. friend know? It's about who someone else knows that can connect you. So networking is incredible and you know I always see ads for these like networking things for professionals and I'm like oh my god why would I spend like my free time doing that but you know this is where business deals happen guys like this is where jobs come and if you can make a good impression on somebody then you know I was actually speaking of LinkedIn as a side note it was literally today I was scrolling through LinkedIn as Steph does on as a social media feed (laughs) and it was a woman and she'd written on her status or whatever you call it like oh, I didn't get the job because I didn't have enough experience. However, the person that I was interviewing for sent my resume to the HR department in their department, in their build, in their building, in their business, and they passed it to some potential employers. And I've had, I've got some new interviews lined up. So there's yeah. networking right there, you know? Literally, so yeah. yeah. Get out there, guys. Get yourself networking. Get Build yourself. your network. Yeah. Add us on LinkedIn. Add us on LinkedIn. Okay, okay, it's a great us. place to start. It's a global network, honey. It really is. It really yeah. is. And, it's, and like I said before, it's really nice to see people progressing in their careers. And every time you achieve something, you can put it on there. And then, you know, when you go to apply for another job and later on in life, you have all of your accomplishments in one place. So it's it's basically like a CV all in like one place, basically. Yeah. You know, I so like it's that. very fun. We have our podcast on there, you know, everything, mm-hmm. everything is on there. <laughs> Get yourself LinkedIn if you haven't already. It's yes, genuinely definitely. Worth it. That's one of our like biggest tips, I think, is get a LinkedIn because yeah. it really helps. It really helps. And then obviously, as well as networking, you can also apply for jobs through LinkedIn as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So the next question we have in the job searching category is any tips on how to be successful in job searching? Because we all know that job searching can be stressful it can be oh gosh scary it's a very like you know you have to be on it yeah it can be very tiresome as well especially when you're doing applications they literally take hours yeah yeah they really do and you really if you're just kind of mindlessly scrolling through job searches you're going to miss something or you're not going to pay attention Mm -hmm. on you know if you if you're in if you're not in the right mindset and then you find a job you think oh okay I'll just apply for it and you have to write something it's going to come across. So Anne yeah. gave us some really great tips. First of all was get in the right mindset. Mm-hmm. What kind of mindset is that? It's that, you know, you're a young professional and you are you are ready and you are active and you want to be organized. You're focused. You're realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's hard when you're a young person and you know because I feel I feel like as au pairs we spend all of our time around our host parents and our host parents friends and they're all very set in their careers and you know they're very successful yeah. people and you know they're all doing these amazing things and they're all they all have very impressive resumes <laughs> and then you're just like um I worked here for like a year and a half or you yeah, know like I'm not... the same sprees <laughs> yeah I mean that's okay because obviously they're older than us and they have more experience um but it's definitely like it's definitely a chance to determine like the kind of job you're interested in. And I think honestly, 
some host parents are fantastic in this because I mean, there's a couple of au pairs in my area and they are interested in the types of jobs that I think one of my friends, her host mom is a, is a nurse and her host dad is a surgeon of some kind. And she very much wants to get into the medical field. And so they've actually been helping her like boost her portfolio, kind of get some mm-hmm. a little bit more experience where they can. And she can take that home to Mexico with her. And so I think, you know, not like, you know, you should only match with host parents that want have the job that you want but use your host parents mine have helped me and they're not in the same field as me like they they both have hired in the past and they helped me with my job Mm. search and stuff so you know definitely use your host parents um but think about what type of job you want to you want to go for so Steph like when you were thinking about your jobs back home did you kind of have an idea in mind of like what kind of job you wanted or was it very much like I just want a job um I think I think it was it was a bit of both really I knew when I was searching on LinkedIn I put my categories under like customer service and travel were the two categories I was looking at because I was looking at like adventure groups and mm-hmm. uh cruise agencies and all this kind of Ooh. stuff yeah like I, w- I wanted to help people like go out and travel and stuff like that but I, I, I was very much looking for jobs that kind of rooted from my au pair experience yeah um in the in the sense of like travel and stuff but I didn't want to uh, I don't know like it was it's very I I didn't really want to work nine to five in an office but also <laughs> I have ended up doing that yeah I'm like <laughs> but, uh, that's ironic but it's something it's that I what you want to enjoy do. like I'm gonna yeah. love helping because I'm gonna be helping people basically to become an au pair which is something I loved oh, and I, so I was searching for nanny agencies and um au pair agencies and travel agencies but I didn't want to be like in the front line as in being a nanny or being an au pair or whatever again yeah I wanted to be in the sidelines helping people get into that if that makes sense that was very much what I was looking for yeah Um, but I think also when I when I was scrolling through LinkedIn um this goes back to the be realistic kind of thing there was jobs at like TikTok and um the BBC and like all these amazing there was a job to work for the royal family (laughs) oh mate sign me up <laughs> right so I think you see these jobs you're like wow that's amazing like, imagine working for the royal family so you just like go for all these cool jobs but do you have the skills that that job is looking for yeah do you know what I mean that like, you need to look and be realistic about the jobs that you have the skill sets for and also the passion for because you can't yeah. just, you don't want to just go into a job because you need a job do you yeah know what I mean you want to enjoy the job that you do especially if you're on the older side like <laughs> like I am and you um are planning on being in this job for a while yeah you know, I kind of passed the point of like side jobs like in grocery stores and all this kind of stuff um this is now a long-term job so I want this is a career to, right right yeah I wanted to enjoy it um, yeah and have it kind of help me build roots and build up and and work my way up in a company so yeah I think definitely like like you said like my husband said determine your job interests what do you want out of this job that you're looking for where do you want that to lead you you know in the future like do you want to work your way up in this company is this just a short-term thing is this something that you want to to build on to help you go into a different direction Mm -hmm. like get get yourself in that mindset and and yeah think about why you're applying for the jobs that you're applying for yeah I would also say that like like as a side note like we're definitely not demeaning anybody that is currently in a job or is applying for a job that 
they don't think they'll stay in like career wise so I think like we are very very fortunate and very happy to both be going into jobs that we are passionate about but that doesn't mean that I mean I was actually looking at maybe just getting a job any old job just for a year Mm -hmm. and then going traveling again so I was looking at different types of jobs I was looking at like teaching assistant because I know that I didn't want like I definitely knew that I didn't want to go straight back into mainstream teaching because it was just Mm -hmm. a nightmare last time and if you have been in that environment you will know exactly what I'm talking about but I was looking at that I was looking at a bunch of different things and then when I finally found this job I was like it kind of changed my track and I was like wait I've changed my mind I don't just want to work here for a year and then go away and travel for a year or two because that'll just put me back at square one in a couple years Mm -hmm. time like this is a career and this is what I'm passionate about and I'm so glad it came up because I, I like genuinely like I didn't even think student recruitment officer. I never Googled that. I never looked at it. It just kind of came up when I was looking at a different job that was in education as like mm-hmm. a, a tutor, like a tutor. That's what I was thought I was going to be doing. Um, and so I think, but if you're in that position where you're like, you know, I just want to go home and get a kind of, you know, regular, I don't know. I want to work in a store for a little while. I just want like a kind of, not like a boring yeah, job, or a generic job, like, Mm-hmm. until you find what you want to do I think that's fine we just want to put that out there like we're not yeah if you work in Tesco I'm very no. proud of you okay yeah <laughs> if you want to work yeah. in Tesco you crack on mate yeah I'm just saying they pay well. that's where I was like I was ready to find something more long term but what yeah. we're saying is you know when before you start searching for a job and getting all your career things set up think about what is it you're looking for you know what yeah. what kind of job are you looking for what kind of are you looking for a career or are you looking for for a, a stop you know, gap a, a stop gap exactly yeah. which and, is okay and going back to the get organized point make sure before you start applying for jobs that you have everything ready to send off and you have time to have interviews like I spoke to my host parents said hey I'm gonna start applying for jobs so like I'll be having interviews coming up so mm-hmm. they were very flexible with allowing me time to do interviews because obviously there's time differences and stuff that you have to figure out as well so yeah (laughs) get organized and make sure that you're actually ready to start job searching (laughs) yeah oh my gosh yeah you don't just yeah that's the worst thing like you find a job and they're like oh I have to write a cd no have it ready have it ready to go um so in terms of job searching it's not something that you should just be doing at like 11 o'clock at night for 20 minutes before you go to bed how Mm. active should we be with job searching and says very and she i'm gonna read what she says think of it like a slot machine the more you play the greater chance you have of winning you want to cast a wide net to increase your chances of success mm, that's a great bit of advice I think. yeah imagine I think... if you just did like one job like every other month you'd, you'd never get anywhere really unless yeah. you were incredibly lucky when i first started job searching over here i was like is there any point searching while i'm in the usa because of the time differences the amount that of time it, there yeah. is before i go home and i said i was talking to my husband because obviously i was asking her for advice and stuff she was like no just apply for anything everything that you find interesting that you are qualified for that you think you're you want to do like just apply for as many jobs as you can mm-hmm. um because if you don't then you're going to be searching for forever because you're not yeah. like you're not going to I mean I did but you're not going to get the first job that you apply for yeah I did get the first job I applied for but it was kind of it's a kind of a very... um I got the first <laughs> job I applied for but let's not rub that in <laughs> anyway that's not me rubbing and I think it's because it was like a niche topic and I obviously have a lot of like passion experience for it it's a very niche (laughs) thing do you know what I mean but you you have to apply for it's not the only job I applied for I applied for many jobs um but don't just think oh I'll apply for this one if this one doesn't work out I'll apply for another one you know don't do it like that you have to apply for like I don't know 
20 jobs at a time wow (laughs) god if you've got the time to do 20 and it's also okay saying like if you apply let's say you apply for like three main jobs and Mm. you got offered one it's okay to email them back and say like if they've offered you an interview and say hey like I really Mm -hmm. appreciate your time blah 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 but um I've decided to go with another opportunity that I've been offered but thank you blah 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 just stay professional um I think that's okay but yeah you Mm -hmm. definitely it definitely should be something that you have to be active in like you have to be like this is my job search time like I think that's what we really need to stress but in terms of like actually looking for it I mean you can look for a job and a job you know there can be there can be three you know you could find three jobs that say student recruitment and they could all mean three different things so where is it where should we be looking Steph when we find the job what do we need to read through you must read the job description thoroughly very thoroughly over and over again because that is basically them telling you what you're going to be doing in that job what they're looking for what qualifications you need what skills you need so my host mum said when you're reading through the job description think about if you find the job interesting do you think you're going to be able to do the job do you have the skills knowledge and abilities that they're looking for and if you do apply yeah you know like you don't want to be if you're reading through a job description you're like oh this is okay you're like I like this but not like love it then don't you know like don't apply (laughs) yeah don't apply honey um yeah and I think that's also important to note that when she said like read read the description thoroughly because again like you know we're not career experts but obviously Angie is but you know it's like like three companies could advertise the same title position but the companies will do things very very differently so you'll Mm -hmm. be expected to do different things you know how much you do will be different like how you do things will be very different so I feel like we're like we don't want to be patronizing by saying read the job description thoroughly but read the job description thoroughly yeah the amount of times I read it was ridiculous like I even sent it to my dad and I sent it to my host mom I sent it to one of my old school teachers and honestly like they came back and they were like this is literally you they're like, tick, 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 tick. like, here you go. And honestly, like, I don't think that's a bad thing. If you find a job and you read the description and you're like, oh, I'm not sure. Like, can I do this? It's really, sometimes I think it's very hard to sit down and say, and look at a skill, like, yep, I have that skill. Yep. Sometimes it's easier to be like, I don't know, hey, Steph, like, here's a job description I might apply for. Like, what do you think? Do you think I'd be good? Do I even have these qualities? Because I think it's easier for other people to see the qualities sometimes you yeah. think yeah, also be confident sure. you're probably brilliant yeah obviously obviously we are <laughs> brilliant we're and also, so big-headed <laughs> the job description is also important through the whole application process because when mm-hmm. you're writing the covering letter for example oh yeah you're going to want to take things out from the job description yes. and write oh yeah I do that I can do that I've done this and you know what I mean like you're going to use yeah. bits in the job description to use it it's there yeah. for a reason it's not even cheating it's not like you do you take no. things like if it said oh we need somebody organized in your cover in your cv you're going to put that you're organized do you know what I mean like yeah. you're going to use those things in the job description to make yeah. you sound desirable for the role and it shows you've like, read it yeah and it shows that you're taking interest in the job also what my host mom said is do some research on the company to verify that it's legitimate but also so you're showing interest in the company I applied for a job at a nanny agency that I'd never heard of before so I did a lot of research and in my covering letter I used some of that research in my covering letter so it showed that I had taken initiative Mm -hmm. and looked up the company and read the ethos and everything like that about what they were about and why that why the founder started the agency and I used that Mm -hmm. in my covering letter so it it makes you look good because you've you've taken initiative and you've researched and you've taken interest in the role and the company 
Yeah, they'll be very impressed. They will. Um, so you've been searching for a job. You found a few that you like. Before you apply, you're going to mm-hmm. need something very important, which is your CV slash your resume, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so I feel like resumes and CVs are these things that like they make you do at school when you're 16 and then you don't really touch it for a few years and then you're like oh crap I'm applying for a job I don't even know how to do a CV (laughs) I know I feel like you don't know how to set it out you don't know what to write you don't know how to write it you don't know what should be on it so coming from a career counselor honestly like Steph sent me the one that her host mom helped her with Mm -hmm. to help me and oh my goodness and you are literally a goddess (laughs) so much so I think one of the main things that I don't think anyone really tells you is how often should you up your date update your cv and Ange says well she recommends updating your your resume or cv i'm going to be using that word interchangeably sorry Mm -hmm. um several times a year or whenever you achieve something that's like noteworthy so did you go on like a course did you gain a new skill did you get a certificate in something so Mm -hmm. you know as soon as i have finished my au pair term or once you know i start a new job you know whack it on the cv you know um And I think that's very important because a lot of the time, I feel like so many times people apply for jobs and then they, they pull out their CV from their computer and it's like three years old and they're like, oh shit, it looks like I've done nothing for three yeah. years. Yeah. Um, yeah. But actually putting together the bare bones of a CV, we asked her like, how, do you, how should you lay it out and what are the sections? And it's very mm-hmm. important to note that it will be slightly different in different countries. Um, yes. They have different kind of styles but generally, Steph, what are the kind of just the titles of the, the sections that you should have in your CV slash resume? Yeah, so first, at the top, you should always have your contact information. That's like a given. Um, then we have education. So all of your like qualifications at school or university or whatever kind of educational qualifications you have. Mm-hmm. Then professional experience at so all of your previous um, jobs don't put like jobs that are like six years old yeah always start with your most your latest one right yeah but like I did up until like maybe three years ago Mm -hmm. and then after that I haven't put it on my CV even though I have professional like experience after that but there's no point putting something that's like really old yeah so don't put like every single professional thing you've done I would say like two to three like three years mm-hmm. or two years. you know like you don't have to put every single thing you've done um yeah. then extracurricular experience with this one I was a bit confused I took it out of my resume just because I feel like extracurricular activities are very popular in America yeah do you know yeah. what I mean so a lot of people have like oh I'm doing football scholarship or blah, 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 all this kind of stuff that they do in America and unless you do have extracurricular activities on your on your resume then that's great but like me personally I, I didn't and I feel like the examples that were on this the template that my host mom sent me were very Americanized if mm-hmm. that makes sense like it was a very yeah. American kind of section um the next one is skills so just any skills you have I can't think of an example off the top of my head take anything of an example of a skill in terms of skill <laughs> oh my god um I have no skills at all no I can skills I can make a cup of tea <laughs> uh, no it could be it could be things like timekeeping um being organized being right. noteworthy you know anything like that you know and if they 
I know it's on your CV, but if they relate to the job that you want, then great. Yeah, skills that are desirable to an employer. The last section is optional sections, so personal projects, any volunteering that you've done, any publications. So, like, I popped the podcast in there, for example. I did also put it on my professional experience, but um, that was recommended to do by my host mum. But, you know, like, the thing where we were in, like, a magazine or, like, where we were number one on the top we didn't really have a lot of competition mate i mean we had no, a lot of it, but... but it's still great it's i still put great. that in like the optional section <laughs> so just like make yourself look you know make yourself look good you, it's good to be big-headed when you're doing this sort of thing yeah you and know? i think um i think the general advice again it does vary from country to country but if you have less than i think 10 years of professional experience they say no more than really like a side of a4 um yeah it's again it's different but like obviously don't if if it's like two three four five six pages long they're just gonna chuck it in the bin mate let's be honest keep it concise keep condense it and when in doubt ask someone be like oh my god what the hell am i doing um (laughs) there are so many templates online seriously use them there are so many fantastic templates, and a lot of the time you can find templates for the type of job you're applying for which Mm -hmm. is great yeah and everybody's cv looks different Apart from mine and T's, because I sent her the. <laughs> mine has changed actually. I did change mine a little bit. I kind of yeah. It. The way it looks is different. Like, it doesn't. You don't have to like think. Oh, where do I? How do I lay this out on a, on a piece of paper? Like, do I need a can... header? <laughs> yeah, like do it how you want to do it. But you I do, like the way that mine looks. I think it looks professional. Keep it simple, guys. That's the key. I think. Yeah, keep it simple doesn't need to be all like oh should i do like a bold italics heading no Ooh, put you a little know? clip art in the corner make yeah. it fun <laughs> no don't do that just make it simple and clean professional yes. looking you know but yeah. everybody's, everybody's resume looks different so i'm saying there's no specific like template that you should use mm-hmm. um so obviously we are au pairs this is predominantly an au pair podcast so you know, we've been in this country for two years and we've been working our asses off and we've gained a lot of skills. A lot of the things we have gained are transferable. So, and it's it's something that's noteworthy because it's two years of our lives and it's two years of a profession. So how should we write about our au pair experience on our CV? Which is one of the questions that we asked. And, yeah. and she, her top thing was like, think about what you want to do next. So if you want to be, you know, if you're applying for a job in childcare, obviously that's a very you know accessible route from being an au pair but even if you aren't doing childcare you have so many transferable skills like being organized time management being creative being flexible is huge being proactive thinking on the spot patience all those things even if you aren't going into directly working with children there's you know there are so many things that will be transferred so she put an example and she was like if you want to be a teacher, you can highlight the ways that you help facilitate educational lessons with your host kids, especially during COVID, guys, because a lot of us had to homeschool, even for a short time. So au pairs turned into teachers. And she yeah. says, if you want to, for example, teach English in your home country, focus on the skills that you used to practice English with your host kids. And if you want to work in a childcare setting, highlight your most relevant childcare skills. Um, I think there are so many skills that au, pair, au pairing gives you that, again, like I'm going to say again, like, can be transferred to a huge di- a range of jobs. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to be working with teenagers in my new job. So although I work with children like eight and under now, like I have so many, I'm going to be working in an office with adults and I'll be working with um, students and college kids and stuff. So it's going to be a little bit different, but it's going to be very transferable. Steph, you're not working with children anymore. You're going to be working with au pairs. So you have 
so many amazing skills and what I love is that you can use your actual au pair experience as well because you know what it's like to do these applications and the scary process like I love that you're going to be able to relate to these applicants yeah yeah I'm excited for you I think that's what gave me kind of a a head in this in this job like definitely process because I literally have experienced what the people I'm going to be working with have experienced yeah and you know this was a good job for me and this is something I'm going to put in here is like if you are applying for a job like me for example with an au pair agency like I used au pair tea as an example a lot mm-hmm. you know like how I've actually been helping au pairs for my two years anyway like through au pair tea yeah and they loved it that they they loved hearing about how I had put my professional experience into something like this you know so yeah you know like it it's great like it's it's having that experience like this experience gives you so many skills so many desirable employment skills that you don't realize you know until you write it down yeah and I mean we would be happy to share ours with with you if you are listening to this episode and you're like okay that sounds good but I'm still not quite sure or can you give me an example slide into our dms send us an email anything and we would be happy to give you examples and share things Mm -hmm. with you I think it's interesting stuff that you just said like as a side note that you used your au pair tea experience in the podcast to Mm. kind of get ahead in this I also used it for my job interview in my application as well and Mm -hmm. again I'm not directly in au pairing anymore in this new job but I was not I wasn't obviously directly recruiting people into the au pair industry but we've been helping them we've been supporting them we've we have actually kind of sold the program to some people haven't we so Mm -hmm. you know we've had dms from people who are like i'm not sure if i want to do it or you know i'm doing it or i'm new you know the ambassador buddy program is a great way to kind of Mm -hmm. get involved in upcoming au pairs so that is you know that's just kind of one little side example of how it's not directly linked but it's i can transfer this these skills um but obviously there are so many things that you can put on a cv what things should we include and what is not needed stuff this is the thing for me I waffle so much sometimes yeah I'm like this is not I think they talk so much about what you should put on a CV but what did what does Ange say Steph first of all about what not to put on a CV um so like it might differ in home countries but genuinely like things such as a photo your marital status your citizenship status like they're not needed on yeah. your cv like people don't need to know if you're single <laughs> people yeah. i mean like those sort of things you don't need to put on there if you have a green card in another country you don't need to put that on there yeah you know it's it's a professional document in the way that like you're talking about your professional experience and your qualifications not your like personality <laughs> if you get what i mean yeah so you know you don't need to put a photo of yourself on the top corner like hey this is me hello <laughs> wouldn't that be fun if we if everyone had to put a photo on like a fun picture that would be great i mean it would be it would be great and like that would get break the eyes. with it making your little headshot <laughs> i'd love that but yeah they, you don't really need to put put all those sort of details on there just your very basic like i'm stephanie pc i live at this address this is my phone number boom email address go. yeah these are my grades i got in school <laughs> etc etc so yeah yeah, that is what my host mum said you do not need but on things you should include are accomplishments and achievements um she said strong action-oriented bullet points that highlight your top skills yeah I'd pick pick a few like top top ones you don't have to pick everything obviously yeah like no matter how great you are yeah 
yeah don't write like a whole page of a list of all the things that you have like mm-hmm. all the skills you have and everything um numbers and figures that quantify your accomplishments the impact of your work on your team and the organization so those are things that you should include yeah always good yeah so maybe like an example of like numbers and figures that quantify your accomplishments you might be listening going what the hell is she talking about so it could be something like an action that that you took that increased sales by 35 percent in a in mm-hmm. the first quarter or something like that so something that you did that contributed or was benefited the company that you're working for so mm-hmm. that's good throw some numbers in where you can um but as young people and even you know even with even not being a young person these last two three years have been crazy with working not working being at home not being at home so some of us are going to have gaps in our cv and some of us uh there's a big stigma and i think there is a fear that if you have any type of gap in your cv an employer is going to be like using that as a huge red flag to beat you with being like oh my god you're unreliable why is this giant gap in your cv i'm definitely not going to hire you that is something that i definitely had a genuine fear of and i even asked Steph and I was like can you ask Ange like how do I explain a gap in my CV so I had a gap in my CV a a little bit before I was an au pair because I left a job that was that was very very bad for me and so I took a little bit of time off to kind of not not recover but basically Mm -hmm. took time out from the working environment for myself and I was worried that it would look very negative on my CV but it doesn't and obviously it didn't because I have a job so how would she says you know I was like how do I explain a gap in my CV and Ange said that it depends and you know regardless of the reason if you can tell your story in a logical way and make the potential employer feel comfortable with the gap then it shouldn't be a problem and also someone else told me that just give them what they need to hear not what they want to hear so do not go into a long tangent and explain the story just give them the bare minimum and honestly one of the things someone said not to me but in a general piece of advice they said you know one of the things you could say is that um I took I had to take I took some time out to reset and or you know I took a time out for an issue that has now been resolved that's the big thing it has now been resolved there's nothing that's kind of going to backfire on you so don't be scared about gaps in your CV it happens all the time especially with COVID people have burned themselves out yeah and people need time to reset so don't don't let that scare you I don't know why that's such a giant thing I know yeah Oh, I think we're just like so it's so ingrained that you should always be, you know, school, college, university, work, work, yeah. work, work, work. You I know? think I think the main reason that employers ask is they just want to know that you weren't fired from your last job. Basically, yes. <laughs> you know, like they, they want to know that you are a reliable employee, basically. And if, yeah. if the gap was very innocent, like you were just taking time out for your mental health or whatever, whatever, you know, don't be scared to to tell them that as long as you weren't like fired and then you were like looking for a yeah. job because you were let go for bad like because you were, you were bad at your last job or you had bad performance that's all they want to know you know yeah so that's the only reason they don't ask. worry about it don't worry so, about it love the next section we talked to Angie about I think we're not going to spend as much time on because we want to talk about interviewing specifically mm-hmm. but not be- and also because not every single job um requires this mine definitely right. didn't it's a covering letter or a cover letter like different country you know the u.s calls it a cover letter in england we call it a covering letter yeah I'm not sure why um but it's, it's 
it's basically a letter that you give to an employer alongside your CV and it's written to the employer specifically. And a lot of the time you write one just for the employer that you are kind of talking to, you kind of change it a little bit. Um, and it yeah. basically, it just, it's very short and it just highlights the most important relevant experience from your resume. And it explains like why you're right for the job. So obviously they'll have all of your information on your cv but then you get that you get a second chance it's kind of like when you go to university and you write a personal statement it's like yeah. you know you've got my grades you've got what i can do but this is me personally on a plate or do you know what i, I just thought steph it's like the host family letter they've yeah. they've got all your experience but this is my what this is my extra chance to kind of give you a little bit more of an insight into me as a yeah. person and why i am it, the perfect au pair for you it also allows you to write something specifically tailored to the job you're applying for rather than like because your cv is kind of a very all-rounded this is my professional experience but this allows you to take those points and expand on them for the job that you're applying for and like t said not all places ask for a covering letter but we wanted to put it in there because i applied for a job that did ask for a covering letter and i hadn't wrote one for so long so i was very confused about it so i did go to my husband for advice on it so mm-hmm. we thought we would just pop it in pop it in here um yeah how do how do you go about writing a covering letter so you want to take the key points from your resume and expand on them like i said why are you a valuable fit for the company that you're applying for what skills experiences and attributes do you mirror the assets that they're seeking for an employee so how, what have you done give examples is a really good one so if they're looking for somebody that is good at problem solving mm-hmm. take an example of when you've solved a problem in a previous job and mm-hmm. write write that you know so like if you've worked in customer service before you probably would have dealt with difficult customers like maybe use that as an example and I, I know that's something that i used but basically just take the bits of your cv that fit the job role that you're applying for and basically just expand on them yeah and if you're not sure which pieces go to the job description pick out the skills and find them in your cv it's literally Mm -hmm. they're not trying to trick you it's written there for you yeah Yeah. they are giving you the answer you just have to give a a real life example of what they've written in the description yeah um so why are they important as we said it basically just explains to that specific employer why you're right for that job role um and it allows you to just expand a bit more on on why you were good for that company in that role mm-hmm. basically that basically that <laughs> yeah and it's a very like we said it's very short and sweet it's it's no longer than one page of a4 you know three or four paragraphs maximum and and yeah. also said that the basic skeleton should be um an introduction so that's like who you are the role you are applying for and your general goals not i think writing your general goals is a very american thing or it's a very or it's something if you're in a very specific career or profession then it's then that's yeah like we mentioned like if you're looking to work your way up in a company yeah then you would put the goals in so (laughs) after the introduction then you would kind of put the main body and probably like two, maybe three reasons why the company would hire you and also like why you want the job and why do you want to work for that company specifically. So earlier when Steph said like, do your research, pick something that you loved about that company and put Mm -hmm. it in like, oh, I see that, I don't know, you, so the college that I'm working for, they've just got this brand new eco initiative that I loved and that's part of it that they're building. So do something, you know, compliment them to the high bloody hills guys like really rub into them the covering letter that i wrote again if you want to take a look at it i can i can send it to you to look at for inspiration um inspiration (laughs) i i basically put that um i read the founders uh reasoning for opening 
for starting the company and I put in there that I really found inspiring um and stuff like that so it it showed that I had um take an interest in the company so just like Mm -hmm. it just gives you a chance to basically like shine a spotlight on you yeah I'm good for this job please hire me (laughs) um so yeah introduction um the body two reasons why they should hire you why do you want the job and a kind of just a conclusion um and again three to four paragraphs short sweet to the point don't be waffling do not say anything about your like, don't tell them what you got at GCSE English when you yeah, were 16 because no. it's already there. Do they not have your CV your as well. You basically yes. just need to pull the key things out of your CV. Yeah. Um, and to open it and close it, um, dear hiring manager is what you should put. Do not use to who it may, whom it may concern or to dear sir and ma'am. Or madam, um, as you would say in England. Madam. Um, Whatever yeah, your GCSE English manager. teacher told you, don't do that. <laughs> and it's so funny because... I've always been told to put to whom, to whom it may concern. concern. Yeah. yeah. It's always, always what I've been told to put um, on like letters if you don't know who you're writing to. Yeah. And then, um, or you can put the specific name of the manager if you know the name, if it's on the job description, it might be. Yeah. Um, and then best regards as a common sign off. Oh, I would say kind regards. Kind regards, best regards, same thing, isn't it? <laughs> Just don't put cheers, mate. Don't you put. Know thanks then bye yeah love you babe bye but every home country has different like mm-hmm. professional sign-offs but yeah best regards kind regards is a good one mm-hmm. to use. here comes the the big bit of this episode yeah so this is about interviewing the most nerve-wracking part of any job searching experience oh, i hate it i hated it Honestly, it's the worst. I get so nervous. Yeah. My kind of nerves kind of melted away a little bit after my presentation, like once the hard bit was over. But, oh my God, the sweat, your heart goes like, oh, I don't know if it was just because I was tired, but still it was like, (gasps) yeah. And I mean, interviewing for an au pair position was terrifying. Yeah, it was like, I knew, I knew everything and I like, you know but you, it, it it was so casual but it was so scary and then also when I was applying for this job at Oprah in America I was so nervous I was like I I know that I'm perfect for this role like why am I so nervous about it but then when yeah. you start talking to this person you realize oh actually they are just a human, human. yeah <laughs> and I think that's a good thing though like we feel so nervous because we want it so badly so bad yeah 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 so the first question we asked is what are the best ways to prepare for an interview and we have some great information. I love here. these. Yes. So anticipate common interview questions so nothing catches you off guard. I remember like r- uh, asking my host mum, what are some like general questions that are asked in interviews? She sent me a document that she has with some like general common interview questions and it helped me a lot. Like I basically just answered them on the document. And then when it came to my interview, I was basically like, I had answered the questions already and I just had to like, read off what I'd already answered so it really helped me and she recommends the muse um which we'll write in the description as a place a resource for interview preparation yeah also LinkedIn is brilliant I actually saved two articles and I reshared it on my LinkedIn if anyone has me on LinkedIn and it was interview prep questions and honestly a few of them actually came up that I got asked and also I was like what do I even ask the people like what do I ask them and I found so many resources online but yeah the music yeah. is great LinkedIn is perfect as well guys mm-hmm. have a look 
The next one is practice your delivery in front of a mirror or a trusted friend or family member. You want oh your answers God. to come across natural and not scripted. So we have part of this. Oh when we were God. in DC <laughs> and T was preparing for her interview, I was said trusted friend. It was a disaster. And I kept stopping her. I was like, you sound scripted. You, stop you need to like, stop looking at your watch. You need to like, yeah. Like, she kept looking at her watch and like, she sounded like she was reading a script. And I was like, T breathe (laughs) (laughs) it was so horrible but But when it came to it it was fine yeah I mean I think it helped though being able to practice it because obviously like you had a presentation to give so you had to like remember what you had written and yeah you know that was it I think that was a lot of the whole why it sounded scripted because I had to learn about this college and the courses they offer and there was so much information I had to keep in my head that I wasn't confident but yeah practicing in front of you Steph it was embarrassing (laughs) nerve-wracking but honestly it helped I mean you saw the finished product so I mean only you can be like yeah I was was considering what you saw the night before I was lying in the bed listening to her and I was like yes yes you're like go on girl go on that's what we practice <laughs> um and yeah. for me i did the like in a mirror kind of thing. i mean i wasn't like literally in front of a mirror but i just practiced with myself and i just read the questions as if i was being asked them and it did again help with me being able to answer in a natural way when they actually were asked to me yeah um then the next one says brainstorm your noteworthy accomplishments achievements challenges you overcame things you struggled with be able to speak about these experiences and give details so again this comes back to giving examples so mm-hmm. I was asked a question in my interview about like when's the time that something has been really challenging how have you overcome that and I used uh, an example from a previous job and you know so you have to like think about times where you've overcome a challenge or you've accomplished something really good or you helped the co- company you've been working for in some way and be able to um, bring those up if you're asked about those sort of things in your interview. Yeah. Um, and Ange also said, and I'm familiar with this next method because we used it a lot when we were doing, um, when we were helping people apply to university. So practice your storytelling skills using the STAR method. And very, very briefly, if you're not familiar, it basically stands, <clears throat> excuse me, it stands for situation, task, action, result. And it's it's very simple. It's basically what Steph just said. It's Think of a like lay set the scene. What was the situation? What was the task? Like what needed to be done? What was the action? What did you do? And what was the result? So it's, again, it's like mm-hmm. something went wrong or something wasn't going right. I had to do this. This was the result. Like well, this is what I did, and this was the result. And obviously, it should be a positive benefit to the company that you were working for at the time because that shows that what you did was beneficial. Mm-hmm. So there are again, I feel like I'm saying this all the time. There are so many resources online, especially for star methods. Yeah, like, you just Google it. They are everywhere with examples yeah. and it's very simple. So it's situation, task, action, result. Classic. So Ooh. next bit, what are some questions that are normally asked in an interview? So they, I feel like in interviews, they kind of break it down a little bit. So they talk mm-hmm. about like, you know, they ask you questions that kind of focus on like, can you actually do this job? And I remember a lot of questions that I got in many of you, even though you couldn't hear stuff, you could probably hear by my answers, <laughs> the types of things they were asking me. So, you know, they want to know how competent you are at doing the job because, you know, mm. it's great. You've applied for the job. You've gotten past the application stage. They've read it and think you're worth talking to. But now they need to be like, okay, you need to basically prove that you can do the job and yeah. that we're going to ask you through these questions. So, um, yeah. Another thing, they're going to ask you things like, so I got asked like, 
what are you is there something you're nervous about or something that you you think you're going to have to learn when you join this company and people I think get nervous like oh I shouldn't say that I'm bad at something because that makes me look bad but you should because it shows that you're like honest you're willing to learn yeah and that's good like I said you know I'm I'm not really used to talking on the phone with people because all of my previous jobs have been like face-to-face communication um so talking on the phone is something that I'm a bit nervous about something I'm gonna have to like learn you know telephone etiquette as it were um (laughs) hello Stephanie (laughs) (laughs) and I was honest about that you know they're not asking you to make you look bad they're asking you because they want to know if you're actually like honest with yourself and willing to learn and put yourself out there yeah a lot of the time it's the language you use as well isn't it like yeah like say like oh yeah I'm a bit nervous about this I don't think I can do it no like say I'm a bit nervous about this but I'm really willing to like give it a go and, and yeah learn and blah, that's blah, blah, blah. it like you've Putting got like squish on it, it uh, squish the negative into a positive sandwich do you know what I yeah mean? um yeah. so after they kind of talk to you about like actually being able to do the job they'll want they'll want to know about your experience and kind of why this is the role that you've applied for so like um you know you you apply for the job for a reason and you hopefully you will have some experience in this job you're not coming into this completely new so like one of the main reasons why I applied for student recruitment officer is because I did it as a side job while I was at university and I was I worked for the student recruitment team and I honestly like it was apart from au pairing I think it was my favorite job I've ever had I loved it so much and I remember saying that in my interview I was like I did it for like three years at university these are the things I did, blah, blah, blah. And I remember actually saying to them, like, it was one of my favorite jobs and I just loved it and I had a passion for it. And I know yeah. that you, Steph, like, you have physically been an au pair and so you've got mm. this passion for au pairing. So you have this experience of being on the other side and I think that's great. Um, yeah. And so a lot of the times they'll ask, obviously, about your resume, but they'll also do kind of behavioral questions, which is, again, Ange says, like, yeah. this is when you use the STAR method. Like, tell me they about a always, time when yeah they like always ask questions like this like tell me yes. about a time when you blah, blah 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 yeah they need to know how you problem solve as well like yeah i think that's important and they need to know that that your kind of manner or your professionalism or the way yeah. you do things will fit in with the team yeah. because you can be the best problem solver in the world but if if you don't fit into their puzzle it's going to be difficult i mean mm. it's not always a bad thing but I just think that like you know you could be an amazing person but you just might not fit in the team and that's okay and they yeah. need to figure that I would rather know that at an interview than six months into a job that I suddenly hate yeah that's you know? why you should always think of things where you've like problem solved or you've achieved something and get them ready in your head because they will always ask you about like previous mm-hmm. things like it's basically they're just trying to figure out kind of how your previous experience fits in with their them as a job and the job you're you're applying for yeah Um, and then the flip side you should always ask the interviewer questions oh my gosh always always prepared so many ready have like 10 ready to go yeah oh my god yeah so i i i I say up to about 10 questions ready to ask them and when i was interviewing they loved that i had questions um and honestly you can just google what questions should I ask an interviewer and loads come up loads. yeah the worst thing you can do is say no I don't have any questions that That's is the worst thing never never do That's that like bye never bye you're not getting that, that job yeah. um and you know it could be questions like why did you join the company mm-hmm. you know what do you jo- enjoy most about working for America or whatever whatever um it doesn't have to be like yeah. oh what do I actually do I-, I said you know um can you tell me about a typical day in the office um 
uh, oh, how do we, if I need support, like, how do I go about doing that? What mm-hmm. kind of, um, how do you engage? When I was talking to the senior vice president, I said, how do you engage with the team? Um, are there regular meetings? Stuff like that. But yeah. as I said, you can Google and there'll be loads. And my host also said the Muse has a great article about questions to ask in interviews as well, but always have yeah. some. And do not... <laughs> Do not ask about vacation days, oh, dress gosh. codes, promotions, hours, drug testing or background checks. That's very or American. Like perks of the job. You, they will cover that if you get the job and you start there. Yeah. It's um, like when you're interviewing to be on a pair. It's like the first thing you ask is not like, can I have the car on weekends? Yeah. Like you need to focus yeah. on the children. Yeah. So this is just a little bit different. But yeah. Oh, my God. Imagine if like the first question was. Like, how many days do I get off a year? Like, you know, do I have to wear a uniform? You know, I would be like, oh my God, what is wrong with you? I'm sure people have yeah. done this before. Oh yeah, for sure. I Definitely. think when I was like 14 and 15 and I started applying for jobs, it was something that I did. And, yeah. you know, I was always that person that would be like, oh no, I have no questions. But when I was And you like, think it's great, don't you? You're like, oh no, you've covered everything. You've covered everything. But actually no. it's you getting to know the company as well and the yeah. people that work there. Like, they just don't want you. You want them as well. Yeah, Do you know what I mean, like you have to make sure that it's somewhere that you want to work and that you're going to be comfortable working. So you need to ask mm-hmm. those questions. <sighs> Look at that, gosh, gosh. But we need to talk about some skills. So we asked Ange, like, what skills are important to mention in an interview? Because again, they've got our application, they've seen our resume, we, maybe they've seen our covering letter, and we've talked about skills until the cows have come home. But now we actually need to talk about it to a person. Mm. So you need to, you know, it does kind of depend on your background and how much experience you have for the role that you're applying for. So like I did mine for like three years, Steph, you've got it on the other side, but you know, make sure you highlight, and this is from Anne, she says, make sure you highlight your top skills, the skills that are most relevant to the position, because you could be a great baseball player, but if you're applying to work in Tesco, no one really gives a shit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, unless you're going to be throwing, like, bottles of bleach or something down the aisles to catch, you know what I mean? I'm just saying, yeah, yeah but I'm being funny, but it's true. Um, your hard skills, which is, like, what can you technically do? Like, can you use Word? Can you put together a PowerPoint? Can you analyze data, which, you know, some people can't do? And soft skills. So break those up, and again google the examples and do not if you don't have this honestly i think people are like i need to write as many skills as i can Mm -hmm. to make myself look more desirable that is rubbish because one you'll oversaturate it two you'll look confident and cocky and three when it comes to it and you can't actually do it they'll be like but if you you put on your resume i'm a master at excel and then you get there and they're like okay so i really needed to make an excel spreadsheet on like all this blah blah and you're like oh shit i'll go make a pie chart again (laughs) yeah oh my god be honest with your skills yeah yeah oh my gosh and also again we're gonna big we should be sponsored by linkedin because linkedin you can add your skills and also you can take like little assessments and they can give you a percentage and you can display it on your profile like you have like 94% proficiency in using Microsoft Word honestly don't I did the Microsoft Word one I passed it but it was it was hard and you don't realize how much you can do on these programs until you get questions about it and you're like I can do a foot a footnote and I can highlight shit but I can't make a bar shot you know it's like it's crazy how much you can do. But yeah, don't don't think the more... Honestly, less is more. It's like makeup less. 
is more yeah money. don't put the you're a computer programmer if you've never programmed a computer do you know what i mean i can turn don't it on it. and off that's yeah. about it, don't do it. <laughs> honestly i struggle to even update my software i tell you oh, yeah. i always call my dad i'm like dad what am i doing yeah he's like oh my god just click okay and put your password in yeah um, always highlight your top skills and the skills that are most relevant to the job i think that they're the most like important yes one this one sorry this next point is more etiquette i think yeah think? Yeah. so should we follow up after an interview and if so how long because it's kind of sometimes like you don't obviously a lot of the time straight unless something like a miracle has happened you do not find out in the interview if you've got the mm. job um so what does Ange say we should do after an interview Steph so she said always send a thank you note within 24 hours via email it's probably the, the way you'll do it yeah. um reiterate your interest in the position mention something specific you chatted about and that you like you took from the interview and thank them for their time express genuine gratitude like yes showing interest and like actual gratitude is important because it means that you're like that shows them that you're serious and you actually mm-hmm. want this job you know yeah and even if you don't get it if you send them a really bitchy email you have no idea yeah. who they know and who is in their network right. exactly so you know your name could crop up and you know they'd be like hey hey well they they were really horrible to me you know they didn't even mm. say thank you for me time and honestly you know it's it's not easy like I've talked to people that have hired people before it's not easy going through applications and interviewing takes a long time and so I know it is part of their job but it, like Steph said earlier these people are human so yeah. thank you for taking the time like I really enjoy getting to know you blah blah blah, blah. um it's it, it it takes two minutes and you yeah. should do it and you don't have to do extra follow-ups also as a side note about um sending up extra follow-ups so I got this job in I think in June on the 16th of June I got my job but I'm not going to be home until like October time so um I was I was saying to Ricky who's my host and he hires people a lot I'm like Ricky should I like be touching base and he was like I mean not really a bit but I was like well I kind of want to email them and tell them like that this is my flight date so I actually emailed them the other day my my hiring managers I have two of them and I was like hey guys I'm just touching base and they actually had a they recently had like an open event at the college which when I'm part of the team I'll be working on I was like you know I hope the open event went really really well I'm very I'm, again I'm really excited to be part of the team I just want to let you know that this is my flight so I'm hoping to come in during these dates to get my HR paperwork done and hopefully meet you it was very short and it was very sweet but I, I think I just personally felt a bit anxious being like mm-hmm. You know, before when we were saying like when you become an au pair and you have all those months of like awkwardness and the fact that we got, you know, I got to speak to my host family a lot before I before yeah. I arrived and so it was less awkward. I kind of felt like that. I mean, I don't think it'll be like that, but Ricky was like, yeah, I mean, you don't have to. He was like, I don't. He was like, if I offer someone a job, then I don't really talk to them until, until I come through the yeah. job. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if, if there's, a, especially like if you're in the situation that Steph and I are in and we're in separate countries, separate time zones, we're not going to yeah. be working for a few months, it might be worth just dropping in. You don't have to, but I'm just saying, might also, be a nice thing Also to in that regard, like, the Oprah in America for example when I was interviewing them they were very flexible about the time differences and when I could interview depending on like when I was working and stuff god yes so I like continuously said like thank you for being so flexible because like I could only interview when uh, Owen was napping and Henry was at school so I could only do like certain days of the week at certain times and they worked around that and they knew about (laughs) the time difference so it was very like I was very thankful for that the funny thing Uh, is Steph do you remember until I got to my interview with the college I'm working, they didn't, I forgot to tell them yeah. about the time difference because I just had to select a time on the online thing. And so 
guys that don't know like when I did my interview it was 6 a.m in DC in our hotel room on vacation and they asked me and I was like oh I'm actually on vacation in DC it's 6 a.m and they're like oh my god and I was like yeah so I I completely forgot to tell them. They were like I think five hours ahead. In your favor, though. I, it did. That's what my boss said. She did say it worked in my favor because it shows like dedication, commitment. Yeah. You have initiative even when you're not in the country. I think that goes for both of us, Steph. That we had that drive to apply for jobs and think yeah. about it ahead. So, guys, that that's that's a good that's a good thing to think about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then, within 24 hours, send a thank you. Yes, and then this we basically just put like any other advice or notes. Yeah, this <laughs> is a very long episode. We apologize, but it's very helpful. Yes, it is, and I think it, even to us, it's helpful. Like reading this, mm-hmm. um, but my husband basically said, "Be able to articulate your story and and tell it in like a good, logical way, where you're not blabbing and blabbing, but you're getting your getting your previous experience across. Um, you know, how did you get to where you are now?" Um, explain your like choices and job moves like how you went from a to b um with us like your journey to becoming an au pair like what you want and what you want to do next like past present and future like but be able to tell it in a way that's like short and sweet but getting everything across yes um and do not embellish or lie we said this pre- earlier on in the episode mm-hmm. be honest about your skills your experience your ability. don't exaggerate not everyone has like these very niche skills you know what I mean like but you will find the job that's good for you you don't need to lie it's the same as like when you're applying to be an au pair don't say you can drive if you can't oh my gosh please don't (laughs) you know oh my don't say you're Gordon Ramsay when you're Jamie Oliver let's be honest (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you know just be honest um be yourself um, and she's also put, do not badmouth previous employers. This is Ooh. not a bitching fest, guys. All right. Yeah, you don't know who they're talking to. Exactly. You know, you they, oh, know. she's actually my mate. <laughs> yeah, that's actually my mum that was your ex-employer. <laughs> and also, it shows you was it shows that you're like very. If you badmouth someone, just shows you're very immature and petty. And like mm. that, I remember speaking to you, Steph, before and being like, oh my god, what if they asked me about why I left? this certain job and I know the real reasons like it was toxic it was horrible I was miserable but I didn't want to come across as bitch I'm so glad they didn't ask me (laughs) if they did I had an answer ready to go and it was was just going to be like it you know it wasn't the right fit for me and so I needed to leave and that would have been my basic answer but yeah yeah, you could just say it's not the right fit so don't badmouth previous employers because it shows you is very it's very yeah even if it was the networking thing yeah even if it was a shit job don't do Mm. it just don't do it yeah it's the impression um, you give as well exactly exactly mm-hmm. um we're not in school anymore ladies and gents we're adults now. we're not in the playground we're not 12 <laughs> don't be a bitch okay so just before we end on. this episode i just want to add in like the time scale like obviously applying for a job before you go back to your home country i was very skeptical i was like is there any point in it because i i started in sort of my five month mark I had five months left till I went home and I started looking for jobs. And I was like, is there any point in this? Is there any point? Because I can't get a job and start straight away. Like, they'd have to wait for me to get back to the UK. Yeah. Um, but I applied for my job at Opera in America in March. And they were, wow. they were, um, they were looking for multiple different positions, not just the one that I applied for. I actually yeah. applied for two and I went then end up with this one uh but they were applying for many so i knew that it was going to take a bit of time because they were obviously going to mm-hmm. interview multiple people for all of the different positions mm-hmm. so i applied in march i didn't get my interviews until like it took ages <laughs> i can't believe how long it took mine was so like, quick. like i applied like 
at the end of May and I had the interview on the 16th of June and I got the job that day but like I said they were interviewing for a lot of different positions so the applications assistant interviews might not have started until later and they did actually Mm -hmm. say they were interested in me so they wanted to make the applications assistant interviews later so that they had less time for me to like get home so anyway they were interviewed for a lot of different positions I didn't start my interviews until like May and then yeah. so I applied in March, didn't do interviews till May, and then I got the job at the beginning of June. So it took a long time. And some jobs can take a long time because it depends how many people they're interviewing. Yeah. How like honestly how desirable your application looks compared to other people. It depends on mm-hmm. how far down the queue you are in terms of interviewing. So don't be afraid to start applying for jobs you know five four or five months before you go home mm-hmm. because it's better to be prepared and like we said before it's a weight off your shoulders if you get something yeah. and you have a job to go back home to yeah really it's good is. practice too and also yeah. you will be surprised at how flexible employers will be if you are the right candidate they will yep. bend. they will make people wait they will bend things for you if you are the right person they will make it work if they really want you so you'll be very surprised don't let yeah the fact that you're in a different country and not home for three or four months let I that mean, kind of put you off are examples of that i mean oprah in america are waiting for me to get home and even then i'm not going to be living in london but they're allowing yeah. me to be in remote until i go up to london so they're being very flexible yeah and my job didn't give me a start date because they know i'm in the u.s and they said exactly. hey it's fine as soon as you get back come in do your documents and then we'll give you a start date so they're willing to yeah. wait for me which exactly. i very much appreciate yeah so if you're the right candidate they will do that for you and we're proof of that so yeah (laughs) all we can say now is good luck with your job search if that's what you're going to do obviously not everyone goes into a job when they go back some travel some au pair again some go to school yeah study but if you are going down the career job path we hope this episode helped you yeah this was a very long episode and there was yeah. a lot of information in it so what we're actually going to do is when we release this episode on instagram and on the podcast we're also going to release um some graphics with the information written down for you because mm-hmm. it is a lot and this, you know Ange took her time to write stuff down and we want kind of her words to come straight to you guys so, and mm-hmm. you'll have somewhere to kind of refer back to so we will definitely be kind of like linking the things that she talked about. We'll be writing all the sections down um, to go alongside this episode. Because I know some people like to just kind of read and pick the things out they need rather than listen to us for an hour and a bit. Yeah. Sorry. And if you um, want to DM us and see examples of resumes or um, covering letters or even want some examples of questions, head into our DMs. We are always there. Slide on in, boys and girls. So, yeah, again, we hope you enjoyed this episode, the third episode in our mini-series. We hope you're enjoying the series so far in yeah. general. Um, more to come. There is more to come. We'll be back in two weeks Ooh. with another another episode. All right. Have a Thank- good one, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of OPT The Afterlife. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to follow us on social media at OPEAR T to stay up to date.